0: Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Rines, and let's get into this episode. This episode is going to be Gunsmoke. Original air date is April 28th, 1957, and the title is Medicine Man.
3: Smart idea there, Mr. Jones. Oh, what do you mean, Chester?
4: Well, fixing up the back of his wagon that way with that square piano that thing that drops down, makes a platform stand on and feel at the crowd. That took some thinking to do to think of
2: that. Well, he better go on thinking and figure out some new place to set it up. No, I
3: don't want to to. He's about to start his selling talk. Yeah.
2: Oh, wait till he finishes.
3: <laughs> ah, there, there, there. there will be more of that later, folks, but right now, I'm going to let you in on the chance of a lifetime.
4: I reckon we are moving a little uh, bit closer, Mr. John. I'm no, going you to look close
3: at this yeah. bottle I'm holding right. in my hand because this bottle is going to change your whole blamed life. For every single one of you, you're asking me why, and I'm going to tell you why.
4: I didn't hear nobody
3: ask. Every one of these bottles is filled right up to the court with old Dr. Walker's muscle, bone, blood, and nerve tonic. And if there's a man, a woman, or a child here that ain't ever heard of old Dr. Walker's muscle, bone, blood, and nerve tonic, let him speak right up now and display his picture. You heard of it, Chester? Well, I, 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 I... Tonight, you good people of Dodge City, opportunity is yours. Because it is my privilege to introduce, for the first time on the frontier, this famous elixir. This bottled dram of radiant health. This magic blend of 27, mind you, 27 powerful drugs and herbs. Many of them taken from the magic medical secrets of ancient Greece. And he, yeah, he sure does get right up, right, don't he? Listen now. Tonight, only to the first 20 of you who step up here, I will give the unheard of opportunity of buying a new life for the unbelievable and insignificant sum of only one dollar. One silver dollar. Now, who'll be first? <laughs>
4: okay you going to tell him now, Mr.
3: Dillon? No, wait till he finishes with his customers here. Well, if you know Yeah. Good night, boy. I know him, Just a minute, sir. I have to get you a bottle out of the wagon.
2: Uh, no, I, I'm not a customer. My name's Dillon, Matt Dillon. Uh, I'm a U.S. Marshal here in Dodge.
3: Oh, I see. Well, uh, is it, it's the law, Meg. Oh. My name is Hart Finney, Marshal. Meg, this is Marshal Dillon.
2: This is my wife. Pleased to meet you, man.
3: What do you want with us?
2: Now, Meg, Meg. Marshal, I, I know how some of these stomachs people sell are. But this one
3: of mine is different. I'll swear to
2: that. Well, that's not quite what I mean. I sir. had
3: bad health, Marshal. That's why we had to leave Virginia and take up this kind of work. Live out in the open, the doctor said. And I'll tell you, I've been taking this tonic myself regularly, and it helps too. I, I feel a dang sight better than I ever did. Well,
2: I'm glad to hear that. Mr. And Thank the price
3: ain't out of line either. Cost me sixty cents a bottle, of cash, laid down in Kansas City. And if that's, uh, our...
2: wait just a minute, Mister. I am out here because of this medicine you're selling it's, uh... Well, it's the spot that you could pick for selling on. This place Mm-hmm. Well, what's the matter with it? It's common-held land, ain't it? it? Uh, no, it belongs to a man named Grant Medford, a saloon keeper here in Dodge. But I asked a couple of people, and they said it was public. There's well, even a welcome of everybody you Well, know. I know. Uh, people have uh, gotten kind of into the habit of thinking of it as public property, but it isn't. Grant Medford took it up under the Homestead Act quite a few years back. He just hasn't gotten around to proving it up yet. Oh, but now he's aiming to. Is that it, all of a sudden? Right this week. <sighs> well, I wouldn't know. He still got a right to keep trespassers off, though. So he's uh, filed a legal complaint, Mr. Penny. Oh. It ain't like I was hurting the property, none, Marshal. And I'm only going to be here less than a week just till my stock is gone. I got no choice, Mr. Finney. I got to serve this notice on you. It's
3: the only vacant ground around that's close to the saloons and eating places where a lot of people come by. I'm sorry.
2: You're telling us to get it, is that it? Yeah, I'm afraid so, Mr. Finney. I can give you the old... morning. That's all. Marshal, I'm a reasonable man. When I'm treated reasonable... It ain't you, I mean. You got your duty to do, but this fellow Medford. Well, he sounds mighty selfish. And I don't like a selfish man. No, Marshal. I'm not hurting a thing. I'm staying. Sorry, Mr. Fenny, but the law says you can't. And what do you say? I'm a law, man. <laughs>
4: there, Kitty. This one? Yeah. Why don't you just set it here on the bar? Sure. Why not? Go ahead. Pour it yourself. That's it. I got to see what my competitors are serving, don't I? How
2: are you, man? Well, here you Marshall. Have a drink? Uh, not right now. Thanks,
4: Medford. Uh, did you get rid of them trespassers for me? They'll be leaving in the morning. In the morning? Why didn't you boot them out tonight? I won't hurt anything to let them stay in the morning. Of course, I might be persuaded to let that woman of here stay around as long as she wants. He's a mighty good looker.
2: Look, Medford, uh, this man Finney seems to be pretty decent and honest, He's heading out for Kansas City as soon as he gets rid of his stock. It wouldn't hurt you any to let him stay out the week, would it?
4: Well, now, I you didn't see that woman, all right. Sweet talk, you didn't see enough, Mr. Marshal. I signed a trespassing complaint. Ain't that right? Yeah, you did. Well, then, why don't you just go serve it? You're always talking so all fired holy about upholding the law. Don't
2: serve, Mr. I'm just trying to give you a chance to do something for somebody for once in your life.
4: You get them two out of there, Marshal. If you ain't man enough, then me and the boys will come around and do it
2: for you. You and your boys put your noses under my bittles and I'll knock your heads
4: together Is that cool? I have nothing more to say to you. Wait a minute, Mr. Medford. You owe me a dollar for those things. Dollar? With my place, you can get four drinks for a dollar. Sure, but we buy our liquor, we don't make it in the back room.
3: Nah.
4: Well, now, man, <laughs> That seems to be the trouble,
2: you ought to know, Doc. You and Chester have been standing there hanging on every word, flapping your ears like a pair of jackasses.
4: Oh, well, I don't you to go taking it out on us just because you're riled up at Grant Midford. That man's got me riled up, too, Doc. Well, uh, by all rights, I ought to be trying to run this. Sydney out of town myself. You know, he's going to hurt my practice if that stuff makes everybody as healthy as he claims it will.
2: I notice you bought a bottle from him yourself, Doc. I did. Oh, oh, yes,
4: of course. Yes, yes. Well, I was... Like I was seeing the chest, yeah, I wanted to find out what was in it, you understand. See if it was harmful or not. That's all. If you ask me, it ain't nothing harmful, about it. I bought myself two pints of it. Oh, yes. Would well, you drink anything wrong if as they put it up in a bottle? Uh, just the same, Doc. It's got a mighty pleasant taste to it. It ought to. It's 20% alcohol. See, Grant Medford's a cheap, crooked skipper. And everybody in town knows it. Now, why don't you just tear up that wart and forget about it? I can't do that,
2: Doc. The finish will have to pull out first thing in the morning.
4: I don't know where he is. And I ain't lying to you, Marshal.
2: I didn't say you were, Miss Finney.
4: I, I tell you if I know but I just don't know. At least, not exactly.
2: Well, he must have told you something before he left, could not he?
4: Well, sure he did. It's just like I said, you'll come here to he gets back.
2: Now, he knew that two we of you were to be off this property the first thing this morning. Oh, he knowed it, all right. He'll be here. Any minute now, Marshal. Miss Finney, how do you know he'll be here if you don't even know where he went?
4: I didn't say that. I said I didn't know where he was right this minute. Then tell me where he went. I can't tell you, Marshal. Hart said not to. He said he'd explain all about it himself. Anything Hart says he'd do, I do.
2: Look, ma'am, I know loyally it's a fine thing, but I settled an eviction notice on you two last night, and we've got to abide by it. Your Friedman's a fine I don't you? It's all right, Marshal, it's all right.
3: She was only doing what she was doing. I'll go What was he, that judge of yours? Is what's his name? Uh, judge Bennett? Yeah, but will tell you, He's not a mighty fine man. Open minded and uh, fair. Those of the Oh, uh, he gave me a paper here, huh, Marshal. I uh, reckon maybe you to take a look at it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you think something like this ought to hold up?
2: Provided, of course, you'll a mind to enforce the law and the you out of
4: town. If
2: you do the dog city state.
4: man's right.
2: It's right, Mr. Penny. No matter where he comes from. Then you will back up and see a piece of paper, i think take some done. Grant Medford's a hard man, and he doesn't have any type of what he's got some mighty tough boys working for
3: him. maybe the law here can't be bought out, but could it maybe get scared out?
2: Know? Why don't you just wait, Mr. Finney, and you'll see? You know, I don't see many Medford boys in that
4: crowd, Mr. Jones.
2: Uh, he'll bring him with him, Chester, whenever he gets himself all right, worked boys, up. Climb
3: right down now. I want your undivided attention, if you please. Now, in just a few short minutes, I'm going to open the doors of opportunity to one and all of you once again. And while you're waiting, my good wife, Meg, will put a new row in the piano. <laughs> all right, Meg. Give the good folks a little tune. Hello, Matt. just Chester? Hi, Doc.
4: You ought to brought yourself a little extra help. Grant Mentor will have eight or ten men with him. I told him the same thing. Now, you're
2: almost right. right, Doc. He's got nine men left. Yeah?
4: What do you find Oh, Oh, oh. There they come. Marshal? Marshal?
3: He's coming down the street there. I figured I'd better strap my gun on and come down here and help you.
2: Now, you can unstrap it, Mr. Finney, and get back over to that wagon and run your show.
3: I ain't never asked another man to fight my battle yet. Now,
2: in this case, it's the law fight. Now, Go on now. you get into this with a gun in your belt, it's the same as asking for a shooting. So you stay out of it. All right, Marshal. Come on, Chester. We'll walk out to the street and meet him.
4: Yes, uh, sir. Uh,
2: you stay out of it,
4: too, Doc. I will in the pig's eye. Mm. Old Medford looks mighty upset, Mr. Dillon.
2: I imagine he is. He's had all day to get that way.
4: What's the meaning of this, Marshal? All right,
2: that's far enough, you men.
4: How come you ain't enforced that warrant, Marshal? How come you didn't kick these trespassers off my property?
2: Well, I'm afraid it'd be against the law, Medford.
4: Against the law?
2: It turns out it's not your property after all. What are you talking about? The fact that Hart, Fenny, and Judge Bent put their heads together this morning and came up with a writ of injunction. Yeah, you can take a look at it if you want. Seems this grounds public domain. What kind
4: of thing, are you trying to pull off?
2: I took up this land eight years ago. That's right, Medford. But you didn't build on it and you didn't prove it up. And according to Judge Bent, unimproved land that's left open to public use without protest for five years or more reverts to public domain. Judge Bent's out of his mind. That well over there has been used by everybody in town for the last six years. The Judge Bent figures that's plenty of public use to wipe out your claim to the title.
4: You hear that, boy? Shister Carnival Barker turns out to be a squatter. Hello, down land grabber.
2: Now, wait a minute, Medford. Benny hasn't grabbed anything. Now
4: he's got the law stringing along with him. What, maybe? Perhaps he got that pretty faced knife with his sweet talk to Marshal. <laughs> <laughs> now, I warned you about that once, my brother.
2: All right, come on, get up. You're not hurt that bad.
3: Sure, Marshal.
4: I... I talk big, too. I was a gunslinger... Talking to a businessman I knew wouldn't begin to outdraw me. Uh-huh. You got some
2: kind of suggestion you wanna
3: make? Sure. Sure, you take off it. Man. I'll break in two.
2: Chester. First one I met for men that makes a move blow a hole in him on that shotgun.
4: Yes, you know what you do?
2: Here, Doug. Huh? Oh, my God, don't worry.
4: I sure will, man.
2: All right, Mr. Mildred. Start breaking. I'm ready. I've been
4: waiting for a chance like this.
3: Watch out for his spurs, man. That's You ain't broken anybody yet. with a hand full of yours. <laughs> you <laughs> ain't broken
0: we
3: wanted to fight. Have you had enough, Medford? I'll kill you. help me, I'll kill you. All right. All right. All right. You men who work for him. Any of you want to take up where he left off?
2: Then pack him down the street and soak him in that horse trough. He can't lie here all night.
1: Go on. We're both mighty grateful for you, Mark.
3: Oh, forget it, Mr. If It would
1: have happened sooner
2: or later even if you hadn't been here. He's I'd come for a long
4: time. He certainly has, Matt, and you gave it to him good.
2: You know, Mr. Fenny, you better grab onto this crowd and sell them some tonic before they start drifting away.
4: My golly, you're
3: right. Uh, thanks again. All right, folks. I have to Well,
2: looks like Dodge has got itself a new municipal
3: park, doesn't
2: it?
4: Yeah, right. looks like we're going to be well, civilized well, around here for well, a <laughs> We sure are, Chester. <laughs> oh, uh, excuse me, boys. I, I got to get me uh, some more of that stuff.
2: You're still testing it,
4: Doc? Well, of course. What else would I be doing?
2: Hey, uh, tell me something, will you? Tell you what? You sure that stuff's only twenty percent alcohol? <laughs> Thank you, George. You know, it was just five years ago this month that uh, Matt Dillon, Chester, Kitty, and Doc first walked along the plaza in Dodge City, Kansas. And there's one very good reason why you still find them living there in that wild camp at the edge of the high plains. CBS radio's listeners (laughs) seem to want it that way. It's our feeling that perhaps no period in American history has given birth to so many giants, legendary or historical, as those fabulous frontier years. We like to think that gunsmoke has had a part in portraying it. We've tried for as much truth as good drama will allow and as research will furnish. We like to think also that radio brings you the full flavor of this Old West. Matt Dillon's little asides to Chester Proudfoot can conjure up vivid pictures of, oh, the Kansas Plains, the sod huts, the great herds of Texas cattle, the heat, the mud, the buffalo skinners, and the lonely, ranging bands of Indians, all of which have long since vanished from the American scene. So, uh, on this, our fifth anniversary, may we sincerely thank you for your interest,
1: which, after all, made the whole thing possible. Gunsmoke, produced and directed by Norman McDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. The story was partially written for Gunsmoke by Les Crutchfield, with editorial supervision by John Meston. The Gunsmoke theme was composed by Rex Corey. Sound patterns by Tom Hanley and Bill James. Featured in the cast were John Daner, Vic Perrin, and Virginia Gregg. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNair is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. William Conrad, co-starring with Academy Award winner Anthony Quinn, may soon be seen in his own production of The Ride Back, for the Associates and Aldrich, a United Artists release. Join us again next week for another story on Gun Gunsmoke.